テスにダーティーペアラブリーエンジェルだあ、あ、そのラブリーエンジェルが消息を絶ちました惑星プラスタンの上空で分かっておるそのことなら予想していたはBoy, she's going wild. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to dislodge her right now. Uh, yeah, we're just going to no, keep going. Yeah, it's okay. Fine. It's fine. Uh, this is Dirty Pair Project Pod. Uh, this is a, a Dirty Pair uh, watch-along podcast where every two weeks uh, we take a look at yet another episode of the classic 1985 sci-fi anime, Dirty Pair, available wherever you get your anime. As long as you get your anime in very specific places, yes. yeah. Yeah, as long as you get your anime on Crunchyroll or if you know, you know. <clears throat> uh, this week, uh, we're on episode nine. Hire us. Beautiful bodyguards are a better deal. Paul, give me the summary from 1988 Anime Fan Magazine on episode nine. What do they think happened? All right, here we go. Episode nine, hire us. It's better to get good-looking bodyguards. The planet Plastone is a world combining current technology with the lifestyle of the Old West. Plastone's criminal element is confused as two rival syndicates are fighting for control. The pair are sent in to destroy both groups. Disguising themselves as competing gunfighters, Kay wears a traditional cowboy outfit while Yuri goes for the Clint Eastwood look. The gals split up and join the two syndicates. The pair succeed in their mission by destroying a large ore deposit that could have ensured the superiority of the group possessing it. As per Dirty Pair custom, a slight underestimation is made. In the resulting chain reaction, planet Plastone is reduced to rubble. Fortunately, most of the population gets away, sparing the pair from a charge of genocide. Do they? No! <laughs> Do they? Do they? Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. The second thing I would argue with, or that I would argue against, is that uh, Kay is not wearing a traditional cowboy outfit. Kay is just dressed as Clint Eastwood from a different movie. She is, uh, I don't know, she's like more like the John Wayne gunfighter look. Yuri, I mean, Yuri is 100% coming out of the Sergio Leone. Oh, you know what? Kay is dressed up as someone... From Once Upon a Time in the West, another Sergio Leone movie. I was gonna say she dresses more like the um, the ugly, but when the ugly is playing the guy in For a Few Dollars More, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that too. Man, this is just like, these guys really fucking love the film works of Sergio Leone. That is what we learned here. And specifically, uh, writer uh, Yasushi Hirano. Uh, This is his first episode uh, writing credit, at least uh, according to uh, AnimeNewsNetwork.com, which is what we're using to to get all of the... um, all of this information from he's he's done a shitload of other stuff uh lupin the third part three uh the tv series mobile suit zeta gundam i did an episode of that uh he did four episodes of ninja scroll that was a series i thought that was a movie no no there's a there's a ninja scroll series as well uh he did the uh the screenplay for vampire hunter d as well now so we're there you fucking go. talking. That's Yasushi Now we're Hirano, talking. Uh, storyboard uh, and director pulling double duty, I think, once again. I think this is the second time he's done it. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm wrong. But it's uh, Masahisa Ishida on storyboard and direction duties. He previously was the director on episode two. Uh, this is his only storyboard credit. And his last episode director credit. Uh, he also did, as we probably brought up in uh, episode two of this, uh, he worked as a director on Fist of the North Star and Fist of the North Star 2. We absolutely brought that up. Which, yeah, 100% that, that would have been brought up. So, this episode starts with a fantastic opening shot of the lovely angel. I love this ship so fucking much. We get Kay and Yuri in the cockpit kind of having a conversation and then some some enemy targets come up and Kay turns to Yuri and is like, all right, are you ready to do this? And Yuri is like, yup. And Mugi is is also there and uh, they get shot down. Uh, and and Mugi, Mugi hates reacts. it. Yeah, Mugi fucking hates what's going on. And then we hit our title card. Yeah, you get you get this great shot of the, the lovely angel being shot down. And then, bam, title card. Let's not run by this. Look, let's not run by this conversation Kay and Yuri are having. Okay. We won't. I I did not take down detailed notes on the conversation. I didn't take down detailed notes. I did highlight one specific interaction. They're going back and forth and talking about Yuri's not thrilled about their destination. And Kay's like, hey, you know, maybe you'll find a nice guy down there. And Yuri says... I'm not into sweaty guys. And Kay gives her a searching look and says, oh, is that so? Anyway, they're gay. And we move <laughs> on to uh, them. Like, all right. Time to get shot down. And uh, yeah, Moogie, Moogie hates it. And they we, get shot we down. We go to the 3WA where, uh, what's, what's the, uh, what's the name of Ghoulie's assistant? Cheshire or something like that. 
Cashmere? Yes. Cashmere? Cheshire? It's Cheshire? something like something. He does he still doesn't have a name. We said the name yeah. before, but I don't remember it. He has not been granted a name yet. And he has to be corrected multiple times because he keeps saying dirty pair. Ghoulie keeps having to correct him to say lovely angels instead. And he's like, oh my god, the dirty pair. I mean, the lovely angels have been shot down. And Ghoulie's like, yeah, I know. Like, I, I expected this. That's all according to plan. Yeah, his assistant's reaction is like, you sly dog. I knew you didn't like him, but I didn't know you hated him that much. And Ghoulie's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, this is actually the plan. This is how we're getting them on the planet. Ghoulie <laughs> Basically, the episode uh, description that you gave us out of the fan mag is more or less correct. There are two syndicates on the planet. Uh, the planet is a source of New Stone ore. Uh, New the Stone only place. It's the only place you can get it, and it is a fuel source, which, as we find out, it's pretty explosive. It's quite a source. Uh, it's volatile. An effective source. Uh, but these these two syndicates are fighting, and because these two syndicates are fighting, the supply of new stone ore has slowed to a trickle. So in order to yeah. get production of this ore back on track, these syndicates need to be dealt with. They need to be they need to make peace or they need to be destroyed. It's kind of they do not say explicitly like what exactly they're supposed to do. But given the plan that Kay and Yuri appear to be executing, they have decided to go with, well, let's just kill everyone. <laughs> well, let's destroy these two syndicates so that work can resume. Which is, the 3WA is a business. And yeah. whoever is selling the new stone ore wants that profit to keep coming, baby. So what do you do if you got two criminal gangs fighting each other and fucking up your mining operation? You get rid of the criminal gangs. You take care of it. So again, like the 3WA is a business. We learned this very explicitly in the previous episode. Also that the computer determines what is an important mission and what isn't. And so in this yes. case, the computer is very obviously like, well, this fuel is important and it's important enough that we need to get involved and make sure that that the fuel continues to be produced. The spice must flow. Spice must flow. He who can destroy a thing has has control of the thing. He who can destroy a thing controls a thing. So, Kay and Yuri were supposed oh, wait, wait, to be wait, wait. shot down. Back to the, the whole computer thing. Like, oh. the 3WA is a business, and the computer determines what's important, like what needs to be handled. So somebody has contracted the 3WA to handle these syndicates to resolve whatever the issue is between these syndicates so that the supply of new stone ore remains stable. This is how the computer is interpreting these wishes is what I will say. I'm going to, I'm going to say that I don't know how good the computer is at prediction, but if it's 
if it's super good at prediction, it's got a weird fucking definition of stable. Although I guess gone forever is a pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty I'm stable. The computer has. I, I would. I would say. I think the computer has has an agenda. The computer picks agents for a reason, and it is picking Kay and Yuri for a reason. Yeah. And I think perhaps there is a separate. This is all speculation, by the way. Nothing in the show necessarily suggests it. But perhaps the the actual client for this is a rival energy source. Right. Who is taking advantage of the chaos on, on the planet Plastone to remove an alternative fuel source from the board. Maybe Newstone Ore has been determined to be a little too dangerous to use. That's something that certainly plays out in this episode. I mean, it seems pretty obviously too dangerous to use. Yeah. So, you know, it, these episodes and this show does a good job of of putting out just enough information to let idiots like me make these wild speculations and still be able to sort of tie back, tie those speculations back into what's what's in the episode and how the episode works. You figure that you should fucking know what happens when you send Kay and Yuri somewhere. Like, you yeah. know what's going to happen. Certainly the syndicates know. The syndicates are all too aware of what's going to happen, uh, which which is great. So we go back to the planet. Kay and Yuri are, are both, like, scolding Moogie for freaking out too much and making the crash worse than it needed to be. Yeah. And they're like, you stay here with Nanmo and you fix the ship. And we are going to put on these kick-ass cowboy outfits and drive into town. And this is where they're, they're driving into town. Uh, Yuri doesn't like her outfit. No, she thinks it sucks. That's a running theme throughout this entire episode is that Yuri hates this. Kay, on the other hand, thinks, seems to be having a pretty good time. She stops the car. No, she tells Yuri's driving. She tells oh, yeah, Yuri, she, she to, tells stop Yuri to stop. Gets out of the car to run to a stand uh, after saying it's a yakisoba that stand. Uh, no, it's a spaghetti stand. Uh, no, to say my grandpa, yakisoba. my grandpa used to say that you should eat local food when you travel, or you'll regret it for the rest of your life. Uh, in case you missed what they're doing, Kay eats a big plate of spaghetti in the western themed town. Yeah, it's a it's a spaghetti western, everybody. It may be a yakisoba stand, but that is fucking spaghetti with meatballs that she's eating. And you cannot convince me otherwise. It is very much... The the sign says yakisoba, but quite frankly, we all know what the uh, animators are doing. Yeah, and that is spaghetti for her spaghetti western. Kate tries to pay with a credit card. She tries to pay with a credit card and she's told uh, cash only. Cash she's only. She's fine. Flips a, flips a coin. I guess coins still exist. They do exist when you're when you're setting up a yet another like visual callback to yeah when you are also when you want to do like a flip a flips a coin to the bartender like yeah absolutely that is what's going on she flipped a coin to the pasta man yeah in what is I think one of the more absurd shots I've ever seen in something she's like walking along the sidewalk eating a plate of spaghetti. And it's fantastic. It's so good. And then the Montel or the Montal. I keep saying Montel, and I can I just keep thinking of Montel Williams, and that's not what this is. Uh, but the Montal 
private police roll into town. And I've written, the, they roll into town, Kate watches and eats spaghetti. They are referred to as the private police. It is clearly just a gang of ne'er-do-wells. They walk into a saloon. And then uh, there's the sounds of fighting and people start getting thrown through saloon windows. Because again, this is a spaghetti western. Yeah, so they get thrown out of the uh, double doors. They get, they get thrown, thrown out, out of, of the saloon doors. And then this little, uh, a little guy, a little guy uh, runs With a out. frog hat. He's wearing a frog hat. Kay basically confronts them and is like, what are you doing picking on kids? The leader of the police is a young looking fella. Uh, and he leans in to Kay and he says, uh, you wouldn't want to ruin that beautiful face of yours. And Kay says, that's true. And then she does some ill shit. She throws the plate of spaghetti in the air, which she's had this whole time. Again, like, it's it's absurd. She's eating spaghetti this entire time. She throws her plate of spaghetti into the air, beats the shit out of, like, three dudes immediately, then catches her spaghetti. There is the big, like, the guy who is clearly the second in command. He's, like, a big bulky bodyguard Zangief he's the Zangief I've that's what I wrote him in in my uh, notes he's just Zangief she throws the spaghetti the plate of spaghetti in his face and it it is ineffective and she's like oh man what a waste and then she just kicks him in the balls it's very good it's great and then she takes a hostage which is she takes she grabs the guy who was like oh you wouldn't want to mess up that face she grabs him by the neck and holds a gun on him and she's like Hey, I'm going to go. And they're in a, uh, a standoff. Uh, and she, she says, you know, I was going to ask for a bodyguarding job, but you guys were dicks. And so maybe I'm going to hand him over to the Takechi family instead. And I've written Fistful of Dollars style. You're <laughs> And then the little guy turns out to not be, or the little guy is like, oh yeah, he'd definitely hire you if you bring him the son of Boss yeah, Montel. He, he is like, oh, hey, I work for Tokechi, or Tokech, I think is how it's. Is how the subtitles say it. I want to say the first time it's to catchy, and then every time afterwards it's to catch. So whatever. Well, whatever. We're gonna call him. I'm gonna call him to catchy. The little guy's. I have him. I refer to him as the frog man this whole time. Uh, Rick Frog. He's, he. Yeah. He reveals himself that he's in. He's in to catch his employee. And Kay is gonna go ahead and. Hey. Yeah. Sure. Let's get out of here. But then Yuri shows up. Yeah. A mysterious figure opens fire. Yeah, with an from Uzi. From atop a building. She's got a fucking... She's got with that a submachine gun, yeah. Opens fire from atop, a, from atop a building. Opens fire on everybody. That includes Kay. And she refers to it as, Shooting star okay, I finally found you. And Yuri's whole thing is she's going to avenge her dead brother. And her code name is Crimson O. Yuri. So we have okay... And oh, Yuri. And oh, Yuri. Yeah. She says, after she delivers the line about avenging her dead brother, she's like up on the root. She kind of pulls the hat down, which Yuri does a lot of pulling her hat down in this she when does. she's embarrassed. And she says, this is so embarrassing. Couldn't she have come up with a better story? 
いのにくれないおより私やる気はないねあんたの兄さんはあたいに惚れていたのさその妹とはやり合えないよ Yuri hates this plan. She hates this. She hates the backstory. She hates having to wear a poncho, even though I think it looks pretty fucking dope. She carries it off very well. Kay calls her Crimson O Yuri, like you said. I'm not going to fight you. Your brother loved me. I'm not going to fight his little sister. It's this is perfect.、Uh, the two of them start to f- they, they fight, right? Right. And she guns, she guns down Kay. Like she fucking puts bullets in her. And Kay falls、yeah. over,、uh, which impresses Montel Jr.,、uh, who I think his name is like Jeremiah or something. I, have, I think I have his name written down somewhere. I wrote it down later when they actually came up in the, when they actually use his name. But yeah, she impresses Montel Jr. and Zangief.、Uh, Zangief like looms over Kay and is like, haha, she's dead. And then Kay wakes up and is like, nah, haven't you ever heard of a bulletproof vest? And throws a grenade. And she and Brick Frog flee the scene. Yeah, she and, she and Frog, dude,、uh, disappear. She's brought, in, brought into the, f- the To Catch fold. Which is like a big casino,、dude. right?、Yeah. She's in this big casino. She's like, damn, kids are criminals too, huh? And the Frog guy's like, I'm 35. Yeah, I'm turning 35 this year.、It's, they're in an elevator. When they have that exchange, they're,、yeah. they're heading up to the penthouse or whatever to meet with the, with the boss. Boss and she's like, Yeah, even the kids are wicked in a wicked city, huh? And he looks at her and he's like, Are you talking about me? And then he takes off his frog mask and she's like, Whoa, you're old. And he's like, I'll have you know, I'm turning 35 this year. Yeah. His name is Brocco, by the way. Yeah, Brocco. Brocco the frog guy. Brocco the frog guy. We find out the, the Montal cartel、yeah. is, are the ones who shot down the lovely angel. They shot down the lovely angel, smuggling in some kind of secret weapon. Yeah, a forbidden weapon is what he specifically talks to it.、Uh, Boss Takechi is like, damn, I guess when they shot down those. Uh, 3WA agents, they were not, that was not a prelude to them making a peace offering. Like, you get the sense that Takechi would, was hoping that the shared threat of 3WA taking an interest in the planet would cause the Montels to come to the negotiating table. Yeah. No, it hasn't, as it turns out. K gets hired as a bodyguard. That's what happens at the end there. And then Yuri, we cut to Yuri, who. Also gets hired as a bodyguard. Basically, they, they both get hired.、Uh, they are working for both sides of the syndicate or of the,、uh, the conflict. So it is,、yeah. more, it is more or less, it's like Fistful of Dollars, except there are two of them. Yeah, it's Fistful of Dollars, except Clint Eastwood doesn't have, isn't playing both sides. It's two partners, each playing one of the sides. Yeah. And that's where we get our、uh, commercial break. Yeah.、Uh, happens right after. Right after Kay. Kay gets hired, then we cut to Yuri, who does some fancy shooting、uh, to,、yes. to show off her sharpshooting skills, which, by the way, hey, Yuri, very handy with a gun. Yeah, Yuri's good at gun. That's something that is highlighted in this episode multiple times. Yuri got an A plus in gun. Yeah. Also in knocking motherfuckers out. Yes. They get hired. We hit our commercial break. <laughs> 
and we come back to Yuri singing in the shower, taking advantage of the fact that the Montal Carts Syndicate has very nice facilities. Swanky digs. There's a slow pan. You see all of Yuri's clothes. You see exactly how lacy her underpants are. And then she comes out of the shower. She's wrapped up in a towel. And her earring communicator, which I think this might be like the first episode that really starts focusing in on the the fact that their earrings are, are communicators. I might be wrong about that. They've used them before. No, they like use them in the first episode. Kay calls oh, when right. they call they, up they, Moody yeah. and everything. They use them. Silly me. Well, they, they really come to the forefront here. They spend a lot of yeah. time with these earring communicators. Is beeping. And so she walks over and gets it. And it's Kay, who is also wrapped in a towel. <laughs> yes, who is also wrapped in a pink towel. Who is wrapped in a pink towel. But her room looks much shabbier. She's like, damn, Takechi's a cheapskate. <laughs> these are shitty digs and Kay says hey look there's the montels have a uh deli- are taking delivery of this weapon tonight i'm gonna interfere with it go easy on me okay yeah i have to interrupt your job tonight so go easy on me okay and then my notes just say god god i was it was late at night and then it it pans up to a hole in the ceiling and looking through the hole in the ceiling is brocco who has overheard this and I've written check your room for peepholes and shit next time, Kay. I wrote Brocco the fucking creep is going all ceiling cat looking at Kay as she talks to Yuri. Has she already been rumbled? Uh, I guess so because we've only got like 12 minutes to wrap this shit up. Yeah, there's not much time. Uh, so Kay launches her attack. Yuri should be on site but instead Montel Jr. decides he'd rather take Yuri to make out point. When he does not take no for an answer, Yuri kicks his ass and leaves him unconscious on the side of the road. I wrote, she smacks the stupid glasses off his face, kicks his ass, and hip tosses him out of the car. Yep. Uh, And then she drives off and says, aside from his face, he's ugly. Yes. Which is is a pretty good burn. Yeah. So we uh, go back to the landing pad. There's fighting between the two syndicates. Zongief is trying to get the weapons offloaded. Really good action sequence here. Like, I I need to stress that. There is Great fight. A fierce good fight, some might say. Yeah, it's fantastic. The the camera pulls back all all the way back, and there's another vehicle overlooking the battlefield. Uh, and it's Brocco and Bosch Takechi uh observing from yep. afar. Brocco comments that that broad is definitely earning her share, but then word comes in that K is one half of the dirty pair. Takechi gets a call and he goes, what? The dirty pair uh, like are on, are here, like are right. on planet. It's not immediately revealed. I think it's them knowing. But we don't really get to see further conversation because Montel Jr. wanders up to their car begging for help because he's been wandering around the wilderness because he fucking got his dumb ass thrown out, thrown out of a car. Uh, there is a point where after T- when Takechi says, oh, no, the dirty pair are here. Brocco says, that's just great with the air of a man who knows he's going to have to clean up after his boss's mess. Yeah. 
Like yeah, definitely. Like Brocco is definitely he's he's quickly established as like the fixer. He's the yeah. intel guy. Like he's the guy who is handling the day to day operations. His number one guy. The guy. Yeah. I wrote. I wrote. Then uh, Montal Junior chooses this moment to wander dazed right into their clutches. I guess Yuri concussed him too. Good. Okay. Another. Oh, this action shot where okay. Kay is in. The, she's in like a dune buggy, right? With her. Yeah. And she's like up with a rocket launcher. Her driver gets shot and slumps over. She like throws his body out of the way, breaks the windshield with her rocket launcher. And then fires a rocket and blows up a motorcycle. It's so it's really it's cool. so cool. It's it's crazy. There's this weird or not weird, but like he gets shot and like slumps, and Kay looks kind of horrified for a minute before she like goes to it and fires a rocket out of a busted windshield. But like there is this moment where it's like. There's this weird focus on the human cost of what they're doing, which, given the way that this episode ends, is extremely tonally weird, but does kind of harken back to the way that the books, you know, the source material for this show, were written a little more darker and had a little more of an edge. So it's like, yeah, also this motherfucker got shot and died and like Kay sits with that for not for very long. It's like a half second, maybe, maybe one or two seconds. But like, there's that moment where the show sits with the fact that this dude is fucking dead before it goes on to the next thing. It also could be her horror is more that, Oh shit, this car is going to crash. Yeah, It now. could also be like, Oh shit, I got to like, handle this. I didn't like, Oh crap. I need to, I need to fix this. Um, but you know, it is like this pause before she goes like, super action hero busting out the window and stuff that that sequence is amazing it's super cool zangief uh zangief recognizes k from earlier he takes aim he's got like an ak he takes aim yuri stops him uh shouting hey she's my target and zangief comments i'm not going to find it if they ever give him a real name he's zangief uh she'd have been dead if you hadn't stopped me leave it to me yuri says running toward the ship uh, Kay is running up some stairs. I couldn't, I, I assume it was like a gangplank up to the, I don't know that. Yeah. She's, she's getting, I was up confused into the by the layout. Yeah. She was, she was running up to the side of the ship. My, pre, my presumption is she runs up the gangplank and then she's in the cargo hold and she is running upstairs to access presumably the cockpit. Uh, yeah. because that's where she goes. Um, Yuri, Yuri busts in. Kay takes some shots at her. She throws a grenade and kind of blows Kay up or, uh, Blows Yuri up a little. Like, Yuri's... She's got cartoon... She's got Bugs Bunny Dynamite went off uh, vibes. Looney Tunes battle damage. Yuri, by the way, once again interferes with everybody who's shooting at Kay. Yeah, she does a great job of being like, Hey, no! Get the fuck out! Kay runs up. She says, she kicks a dude. She gets shot at. Yuri appears, yells at everybody to stay out of this. Opens fire on Kay, who says thanks before she throws the grenade. Or shooting, yeah. she doesn't throw a grenade. I'm sorry. She shoots a rocket, and it lands yes. like right next to Kay, blowing up Kay, uh, blowing up Yuri, who gets her um, her Looney, Looney Tunes, Tunes battle damage, and says, "I won't go easy on you anymore." And shoots some more. Yuri, uh, Kay, Jesus. Kay then busts into the cockpit, captures the ship. The ship takes off, and we find out the ship has taken off. Only half of the cargo has been 
removed. Only half the Zangief, weapon. Half of the weapon, right. Zangief gets a dressing down from Montal, who says one wrong move and that weapon could destroy the entire planet, which now we know the stakes of, uh, of what they were smuggling in. I, I wrote here, I, I will say um, that when Kay realizes Yuri's there, she gets a dopey smile on her face. And then she's a rocket at her. Kay's love language is explosions. Yeah. But yeah, um, so Montel is like basically yelling at Zangief. He's like, not only did you only get half of this weapon, but also you let my son get kidnapped. You are going to go down to the Takechi's place and you are getting my weapon and you are getting my son. And then Takechi and Brocco walk in with... What is it? Fucking Jericho. Jeremiah? Jericho. Jericho. Fucking walk in with with dipshit son. So at this point in my notes, I have start I started referring to him as Montal's fail son. Yeah. Honestly, yes. Absolutely. Brocco and Toketch, uh, one of them says that, hey, things have changed. Uh, we're just here to talk. Uh the fail son says, it's that Oyuri's fault she and he kind of like tr- hesitates and Montal says, this had better be good. And then the fail son just clams up entirely. Doesn't want to admit, he I guess, either what, what he had been up to. He doesn't want to tell him. He doesn't want to tell boss that he got rejected. He doesn't want to tell dad that he got rejected so hard that he got a concussion. Yeah. Brocco steps in and is like, who cares about that? Yeah, we have a dirty pair problem. Yeah, we got a we have a bigger problem basically. And Takechi lays out the stakes right now, which is that Montal broke their agreement. They had a they had an agreement between the two syndicates that they would not bring a beam weapon on planet. And yes. Montal went and brought a beam weapon on planet specifically because a beam weapon, if it's fired at New Stone, causes a chain reaction explosion. Right, an uncontrollable, a runaway chain reaction, and since the planet's crust is shot through with new stone, one stray shot will devastate the planet. Each side has half of this weapon, so neither can use it at the moment. This is where Tokechi says, "We really did just come to talk." Right. Then we cut to Yuri, who's bitching about how she hates her outfit and brushing her hair. Look, at, she, she is in being full, very like, girly. Like she's yeah, she's like yeah, in full relaxing, full making sure mode. she looks. She's pampering. Uh, then uh, there's a knock at the door, and she grabs her gun, starts cleaning her gun, looks down, deepens her voice, and is like, "Come in." Uh, yeah, she's, she's like she slips into like acting acting tough mode. Uh, Zangief yeah. tells her there's a new plan tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. at the New Stone Mine. OK is going to be leading the opposition. Yuri asks uh, why there's a sudden change. And Zangief says, uh, we have our reasons. It's just the way we do things on this planet. Yuri calls the lovely angel immediately after uh, after Zangief leaves. And she's like, hey, you guys need to get here tomorrow morning. Go to the mine tomorrow morning. And Moogie's like, Moogie complains that the ship still isn't fixed. Uh, and Yuri tells him to hurry up. I've written, so it's a Chewbacca situation with him, I guess. Because, like, yeah. he his yowls, like, they they know, they, she seems to know what he means when he's like, meow, meow, meow. Yeah, and they, they they also both seem to understand Nanmo. When Nanmo makes beats, yeah. they seem yeah. to understand what Nanmo's saying every time, Which, too. Which it should be said that Moogie looks at Nanmo and Nanmo makes a noise that I'm translating to as fine. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's like this really like annoyed sound. I didn't know a beep could sound. Well, I did know a beep could sound annoyed because I've seen Star Wars. But like 
it, it is a very like annoyed beep. Yeah, a resigned beep. Yeah. As I was watching through, I was like, oh, Yuri realizes that they've been found out. And that's why she's calling the lovely angel. Uh, their Her later conversation with Kay kind of puts that into I, doubt a little. I think it kind of implies that her, she calls the, she doesn't call the lovely angel because she thinks she they've been found out. She calls the lovely angel because she's like, I don't like what this plan implies. Because what the plan implies is that there's just going to, they're going to have it out at the mine. Yeah. And she's like, they're going to just have All right, a I big fight. I don't want to do this. I don't want to have this. I don't want to be in, swept up in a big, in basically like an open fight. So I'm going to have the lovely angel show up and, and sort this out. We get a great, again, just some really good establishing shots of the mines where the battle is going to take place. Very like the background game. The background game is on point. You see, we basically pan from one gang to the over to the other. They're all kind of arrayed around the the lip of the quarry. Yeah, on either side, Zangief reveals to Yuri that you're fighting one on one with. Yeah, you and you and K are fighting one on one. And it cuts back and forth between Zangief and Brocco explaining the same thing to K. Uh, and they're both like, this is just the way we do things on this planet. なんなのさ、本気でこんな馬鹿げたことをやるわけ。これがこの星本来のやり方なのさ。まずお前一人が出る。ギョーテだからな。一人ずつだ。後の門は下がってる。そんなバカな。いや。エディスポイントイズヴェリーライク、ウィノーエディスポイント。ワンイズプロブリーナットジャストザウェイデイドゥザザザザザザザザザザザザ
through the through the earrings. They're they're in constant communication. Kay says it's a strange turn of events, but I guess we both have to go through with it. It's better than them finding us out and killing us both. To which Yuri says, "My, aren't we morbid?" Yuri, Yes. Uh, and then adds, like, hey, we just need to hold out for a little bit. Mugi and Nanmo should appear. Like, I, I called them, they should show up. And then we get a cut to Mugi and Nanmo. Nanmo is jacked into the Lovely Angel's control panel and appears to be flying it. Mugi is just looming, giant, big, fluffy Mugi in the background, like, critiquing Nanmo's driving, it seems yeah. like. There's a little, like, back and forth that's just Mugi's growls some, and some squeaks. backseat driving. It's great. And then we cut back to Kay and Yuri. Where Kay suddenly is like, hey, I think our cover's been blown. I think that's probably what's happened here. And Yuri's like, yeah, I guess we go along with it and hope we get to turn the tables later. Uh, and yeah. then they begin slapping the shit out of each other. Well, no. So as they're walking towards each other, they're negotiating who gets to shoot who. And yes. Yuri says, since he shot me at the airport, it's my turn now. To which Kay replies, that was part of the plan. This is totally different. Hey, Walk a little slower, like because they are really drawing out this walk. Yeah, towards they're, each they're other drawing thing. out the confrontation. You get the 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 two syndicate. Yeah, Brocco is like, I don't think these. I don't think they're actually going to fight. And Takechi says, either way, Montal will owe us one because we're the ones who told him that you know that he had a mole, that he had an agent on the inside. Yeah. Again, a great shot of Yuri in like full on gunslinger mode. Uh, one of those great establishing shots, and then a cut to. Montal, who reiterates, man, if they're really the dirty pair, we're going to owe to catchy one. Yeah. Uh, that's when uh, they they hope that uh, – I wrote – Jesus. Cut to Kay, who suddenly says, do you think they figured out who we are? It's possible, Yuri replies. Again, I was I thought she already knew, but whatever. Uh, yeah. What should we do, asks Kay. I guess we go along with it and hope we get to turn the tables later, says Yuri, looking very resigned to having a gunfight with her lover, I mean partner. But then they slap the shit out of each other instead. And there's another cool wide shot of them approaching each other to catch saying, I don't think they're going to fight. And he orders his syndicate. Every, he orders his yeah, game to everybody aim, take aim. Uh, Yuri throws off her poncho very dramatically. I can't believe you didn't take more extensive notes on this. Uh, throws off her poncho. It's very dramatic. Uh, she says, well, uh, Mugi and Nanmo are still not here. Uh, Kay says, Kay's like looking up towards the sky. She says, well, shall we then? And Kurt and Yuri looking downward says, yeah, let's go. And she looks like she looks a little down, looks a little depressed. And then she slaps the shit out of Kay right across yeah. the face. They start to fight. <laughs> やりましょう。何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何何
it really I only pulled out the... I only pulled out one line of dialogue that because they are like slapping each other silly and shouting at each other and at one point Kay says you relentless bitch I've had it with you yeah shut up you killed my brother Yuri shouts back and then as they're fighting they're uh, the fight has now gone to the ground yep. uh, they're Yuri rolling tops. over yeah, Yuri tops for the most part. Uh, there's a few times where they turn the tables. They both are like admonishing each other for not pulling their punches. Yes. Uh, Kay says, stop fighting like you mean it. And Yuri replies, that goes for you too. Don't pull my hair so hard. This fight is interspersed with reactions of the two syndicates. Yeah, the two syndicates happen. who are just like trying to cope with what's going on who like they're because, just because again like you ex they're both expecting one of two outcomes one of them kills the other like one of them shoots the other or they can't go through with it and they they try to run or something they they were expecting either they're going to have a gunfight or they're going to try to shoot the syndicates right and instead they get into this this drag out brawl and everybody looks like shocked everyone looks shocked, shocked. like maybe even a little uncomfortable like you get the yeah, sense like, that should the we be thing, here? Should, should yeah, we be watching this? The thing that they did not expect was for there to be like an actual like ugly fight in front of them. They expected something cleaner. They were not expecting a lover's quarrel. They weren't expecting. Yeah. What really looks like uh, what, what you could really take as a lover's quarrel. Then we get the sound of Moogie yowling. Yuri exclaims. I wrote the call of the Moogie. Yeah. Yuri exclaims, they're here. And then Kay gets one last slap in and then goes, oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Yuri's on top. She goes, they're here. And Kay, and looks up and away. And then Kay takes advantage of the fact that fact, slaps her one more time and goes, oh, I'm sorry. And then smirks. The lovely angel flies overhead. The external monitors turn on. There's a like a T-Rex roar. Uh, it is the Godzilla roar. It is oh, the, Godzilla the Godzilla roar. roar. Okay. Moogie yowls again. Nanmo spices it up with the Godzilla roar. Kay and Yuri jump up and down and say, All right, now we have the upper hand. Kay then tells the syndicates that the lovely angel's beam cannon yeah. is aimed right at them. Nobody fucking move. You have no idea what I'm, what we're capable of, she says. I'm pretty sure by the reactions of everybody there, oh, they, they know exactly know what, they're capable of. what they're capable of. They board the lovely angel. They sit in the cockpit. They're, they're celebrating. Kay hits Nanmo. Like gives him a gives him a slap on the top of his dome and says, "Well done," and bops him on the dome, and then uh, that causes the beam cannon to fire. Yeah, and the beam cannon fires, and it doesn't just fire; it fires directly into the new stone quarry. To which Yuri says, "Oh crap!" And Kay yeah. says, "That's not my fault." And then we get this great back and forth. There's a shot. Not my fault, says Kay. Shot of a giant pillar of flame erupting. And then yeah. additional pillars of flame cut back to the cockpit of the lovely angel where Kay says, I guess that's a chain reaction. And then Yuri's like, yeah, more explosions, more flames. It'll be fine, right? Says Kay. A little explosion like that won't be enough to blow up this entire planet, right? Yeah, says Yuri. 
and then like just shots of again more explosions the syndicates are running away they're fleeing a shot of the lovely angel flying away from this rapidly disintegrating planet well we completed our mission so it's just glowing that's all ぐらいの爆発でこの星が吹っ飛ぶとは限らないものね任務は果たしたし光ってるだけよ光っただけ惑星プラストン連鎖反応を起こして崩壊ダーティープもといラブリーエンジェルの悪名はさらに高まったか and then the planet, and then the planet explodes. is consumed. It explodes entirely. And then we get a voiceover from from Ghoulie. Planet Plastone was destroyed due to a chain reaction. As such, the dirty, uh, lovely angel's notoriety has risen even more. It sort of fades to this. Ghoulie is reading a report. He throws the report on the ground. I think the report just says explanation on it. Yes. And there's, as it... You get Ghoulie like slumps back in his chair and then behind him fades in this image of Kay and Yuri in a heart. In a heart. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like smiling and laughing. Yeah. Fades in behind him. And that's the end of the episode. Ghoulie fades out and then we get the final shot and it's just Kay and Yuri like laughing together in a little heart. So death toll toll for this one. A whole fucking planet, dude. What do you want from me? Jesus. Like they they blow up a planet. They blow up a planet. They blew up a planet. They blew up a planet. They blew and they it all the way up. Laughs. And it is a laugh. It is a big joke. You see, like, everybody, like, running from the quarry, from the site of the explosion. You see some guys get blown up, I want to say. I've written, this is a weird one. They blow up a planet that makes a rare fuel. And I don't think we ever hear about this. We keep hearing stuff, like, they keep referencing, like, that we always see that shot of the tower damocles tower i want to say the last two episodes or two or three episodes and possibly this next episode opens with a shot of the tower or every time we cut to every time the whenever the dirty pair are introduced if they are not on in the middle of a mission it cuts to here's a shot of the tower and it's leaning to the side well and and next episode like k is still working to fix some stuff yeah they're still like doing repairs inside now granted those that might be unrelated to the sure to episode yeah yeah that could be stuff but uh but still like so Kay is still in her little jumpsuit uh her little work overalls fixing shit or trying to fix shit as we'll get to in the next episode yeah the planet this planet gets obliterated completely destroyed there is no discussion about the pl- the population getting away or anything like that 
I'm sorry, anime. You can you can you can try to believe that as much as you want, but that planet blows up, and it most importantly, it blows up fast. Yeah, like it is heavily. Hopefully, it's a sparsely populated planet, yeah. and everybody ha- was everybody happened to be standing next to a spaceship. Like maybe that's it. It's it's not exactly time lapse. It that planet goes up pretty quick. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable saying this right now. I reserve the right if. Oh, if I forgot something that happens in one of the later episodes, but uh, this might be like the the weirdest tonally. This might be the the tonally weirdest dirty pair episode. Certainly by the end. Certainly it's the most tonally strange ending because it is. It is like oh, planet blew up. Well, ha ha ha. Well, maybe the flight five conspiracy ending, but that's tonally weird for different reasons. <laughs> but this one is just. This one's this one's weird because they blew up a fucking planet and nobody talks about it ever again. This is the most this plan this ending is the closest to a dirty pair light novel ending. I want to say so I've only got the you know couple the case of the backwoods murder uh yeah, ends with ends a planet with the planet exploding with the planet exploding. But even but even that one it's that one goes out of its way to say that but there's time for evacuations. Like this yeah. one is that planet gets destroyed. It gets destroyed like a beat. They fucking pulled a planet. All they pulled an Alderan on the eight. Weren't nobody flying away from Alderan uh, before the Death Star laser hit? Weren't nobody flying away from this planet that wasn't already on a spaceship flying away from that planet? So like yeah. maybe some people happened to be leaving on business or whatever anyway. But I, well, they took care of those two syndicates. They're they're gone. Like they said, well, we accomplished our mission. They accomplished their mission. Those syndicates aren't fighting anymore. Uh, they are no longer in the picture. Neither is the planet, but that's de- those are details, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you're like, well, like, when the computer calculated who do we send, I don't think the computer realized exactly how bad it was going to be. But I think the computer definitely was like, we're going in with a, a kill everyone solution. Or, yeah. you know, like... We are crippling these two syndicates. We're not going to have them make peace or whatever. We're sending the people in who are going to just, like, remove these syndicates completely. Again, it really feels like the computer's calculus was, oh, the production, uh, New Stone production is a problem. We're going to make sure it's not a problem anymore. And the solution turns out to be, we're just going to remove New Stone from the equation entirely. Which is, this ending is really why I had all that shit to say at the beginning of this episode about what the three WAs, what the motive of the person who hired the three WA is, and whether or not the computer is pursuing its own agenda. If this show had gone to, I have to imagine if this show were to come back, and if it was to be done like, well, you would have to have some more digging into the computer and what the computer means and what the computer's doing. Yeah, uh, throughout this entire yeah. series. Dirty Pair Flash, like, very briefly tries to make the computer a character for, like, a couple of episodes. And then abandons that entirely. And then abandons it entirely, but if, if also you brought it, it back again... Poorly. Yeah, well, yeah, that's also not that good. But yeah, I agree. I think if you if you brought Dirty Pair back again for the uh, the coveted three-boot... You would, you would Let's get a three boot. I want a three boot. You would need to do something more with that computer because it's fucking weird, and it's just it's a fucking weird ending to to show 
or not to show like any sign that anyone got off that planet except for Kay and Yuri. You you would you expect see, like, to a see stream like of traffic going away yeah, or anything no, like you that. Just and see, there are other you just see that thing explode and like there's yeah you know that old man in his spaghetti stand got fucking incinerated. This is one of those ones that like you don't want to think too hard about the ramifications. He's not of this slinging one. his his Italian yakisoba anymore. Yeah, like you you don't want to just think too really hard about this episode. one because because like it's it's fucking dark. Yeah, I just wrote yeah, like fucking weird episode. That that was my final note on this episode. Is fucking weird episode. Uh, you get like this. You get a great some great spaghetti western shit, and then you yeah. get <laughs> genocide. And then it just hits you with this ending. Yeah, it hits you with this ending out of really out of left field. Like not necessarily. I can't say out of left field because they do a great job of setting up the fact that hey, beam weapon bad. Hey, beam weapon will destroy planet. And then Kay and Yuri just you know accidentally destroy the planet. It's not necessarily out of entirely out of left field, but like tonally for what they are doing and how everything is going, well, they're just it's like it's totally weird too, especially because it's not like we have to fire this cannon. It's like, whoops, I smacked Nanmo too hard, and that set off the beam cannon. And whoops, haha, and then like planet gone now. Everybody dead. Yeah. It's it's a weird way to highlight the fact that Kay and Yuri have this terrible luck. Yeah, they have they do have bad luck. Where they have terrible luck, they they are constantly put in terrible situations. Nothing ever really goes a lot of things go wrong for them, but they always manage to survive. This is a really odd way of highlighting that. It's a weird one. <laughs> it's, it's it's a, a fucking it's just, weird. Hey. One. You know what? Speaking of weird ones, let me tell you about this next on. This next song basically starts with, you ate my fucking schnitzel. Really? Yeah. It's not a schnitzel. So Kay is yelling at Yuri. She's saying, get away from my shortcake. Okay. Yuri responds, Kay, I'm doing this for your own good. You said you needed to go on a diet. Take this, says Kay. Ow, you pinched my boob, says Yuri. I'm doing it for your own good. I'm helping your bust get bigger, says Kay. And then... Uh-huh. Possibly the strangest part. From me to you, says Yuri. From you to me, says Kay. In unison, a caring exchange. Next episode. What? We're heinous kidnappers? What the fuck? And then and then Kay says, I've got a bad feeling about this one. And that's where the next on ends. Oh amazing. Okay. The from from me to you, from you to me, a, a caring, caring exchange. exchange. Again, like I said it the last episode, we are fully we're fully into just it's just, we're just it's doing just skits. whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck. We're just doing a little. We're just doing a skit, and there's gonna be images from the next episode, but we are not referring to those images at all. We are just doing a skit. Yeah, I don't remember what I. I don't even think I I wrote. Oh yeah, next time, false accusations, betrayal. That is what I took from the imagery. Yeah. No. You ate my Holy fucking shit, schnitzel. dude. That is, that is like, it's, that it is, is really it is like. Jack Black and Kyle Gass is the That is, is a this Tenacious D skit. Yeah. And then they go into a song. Like. Yeah. And then they go into wow. a song. That, that's what's happening at the end of this episode. That's incredible. Woo. All right. Well, this. I'll not lie to you. It's getting a little warm in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this was a weird one. Uh, I'm glad you were here to witness this super weird fucking episode with us. 
I liked it. It's it's not one that I'm going crazy about, but yeah, I really liked it. I you know what? I fucking I simply love all of the spaghetti western. Like it's got such good style. The costuming is really good. The direction. There's so many little homages to spaghetti westerns. I think it's extremely cool. Yeah, yeah. I I that's great. It's the ending is so fucking weird. But uh, I don't know. I guess overall, this episode's fine. And if you think this podcast is fine, or maybe even good, you can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on co-host at cohost.org slash project dash pod, where you can send us a message. You can uh, ask us a question. Uh, mm-hmm. You can ask us a question anonymously, I think, which you don't even need. I don't think you need to make a co-host account to do that. So if you're lazy and you just want to throw bullshit at us, you can do that. Isn't that exciting? I will. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll see you guys in two weeks. We're going to get into mm-hmm. episode 10. Drawing, drawing ever closer inexorably to the halfway point of this uh, season and series. Uh, August 24th. I wish you wouldn't say the dates, because then if they turn out to be wrong, they're wrong for like the next four episodes, because we do these in bulk. Anyway, love is zero G. We'll see you next time.